Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. Today, you are just joined by me, no guest today. Uh, I did this, uh, I did a similar episode a few weeks back where it was just me. Um, we used to do it at the start of the uh, the podcast journey when I was trying to recruit a few guests on board. And it turned out that you guys actually enjoyed hearing what I had to say without a guest. So I'm going to do the same today. I'm going to talk about a few topics that are at top of mind. And I'm going to give you an update as to what's going on in the world of Doggylicious. So that is the business that I set up from scratch, literally from the shed. And I wanted to talk about, like, yeah, the pros, cons, the ups and downs and everything in between. So if you're keen to hear more, stay tuned because I think this will be a really good episode. Not only are we talking about Doggylicious, I'll be talking a bit about mindset uh, because this year has been a crazy one. So mental health, mindset, um, also about dyslexia as well. I just want to touch on that in, a, in the form of business and a few more bits and bobs that will come in between. So Today, I just wanted to kick off with where things are at with Doggylicious, and we're in September. We've been around for a few months now, and it has been absolutely crazy. Loving every minute, to be honest. And if someone, well, this is where the funny story starts. I was actually speaking to a good friend of mine now, Nick Sheridan, who is the founder of 99th Monkey, who has been on the show uh, in the early days. And we were laughing because I think if someone told you that setting up a business was basically doing a lot of labeling, a lot of packing, a lot of filling out forms, no one would actually put the hand up to do it. And what I found over the last few months is there's been a lot of emailing, a lot of sticking labels on boxes, a lot of fighting with my uh, best before gun. Uh, Jesus Christ, those things are complicated, but I realized I was special and was feeding it into the wrong hole. So lessons learned, uh, but I guess you've got to do all these lessons to realize um, where to go forward. Otherwise, you just stay in the same comfort zone, which is what we'll be talking about today, stepping outside of that comfort zone as well. But as of today, September, uh, at the end of September, will be around, around, Doggylicious will be in about 200 stores, which I think is absolutely incredible considering I was pretty much happy to just be in on Amazon uh, this year. Um, so having 200 stores, which people always say, oh, move online, like uh, bricks and mortar stores are dead. They're not dead. People will be returning to bricks and mortar stores. I think these stores have realized they need to adapt to an online presence but people love the experience. So if anyone ever says, don't bother with bricks and mortar or um, health independence, supermarkets, um, you're missing a huge market. So always focus on what works, which is people love to touch, love to feel, love to see before they purchase. And what I'm finding is a great result in the, the health and independence space. So Doggylicious is only in a think literally one or two pet stores and they're independent ones where I send stock directly. But the majority, so 99% of the stores are actually grocery stores. So there's some huge areas where I need to be tapping into, which is the pet 
market space. Um, but for now, there's just a huge shout out for pet treats uh, because everyone's buying a dog. So yeah, gone nationally with Go Vita, uh, Health Magic, who are my distributors. So doing an awesome job. They're pushing it into the Victorian uh, space. Sales are steady on Amazon, making around about 25 to 30 sales a month. So one unit per day, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, And I keep mentioning Amazon is a slow burn. And we're going to be onboarded uh, with catch.com as well, which is a new platform, uh, not only for Doggylish, but a new platform in my career. I've never never dealt with catch.com.au before. So I'm looking forward to, to working with those guys and building my presence in Foodworks. And that's a lesson in itself. Um, I have sent Foodworks, I've sent literally every store in Foodworks a personalized email. And these are the things that people don't see. Uh, it's all well and good having a pretty Instagram account. And just like with real life, um, only, only people see the, the the photo that's probably taken about three hours to do. What they don't see is the last few Friday nights and Saturdays, I have found every email address in a food work store, saved them and emailed them personally. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to get a response from everyone. So I think I've sent around about 400, 420 emails to each different food works or food works representative stores, banner stores. And I'm in 10 stores, which I'm pretty happy at. So that time invested has accumulated to 10 stores and that's just growing. So making sure that I'm keeping up with the customer service, asking for feedback and just growing at a steady rate. So absolute pleasure to be uh, where I am and really happy to be um, in that amount of stores. And a great win, uh, which happened in August was Coles Local, which some of you guys might uh, have heard of, some of you might not, especially the overseas listeners. And Coles Local is a small section of stores in Australia that kind of tailor the stores to the local demographic. So they'll tailor the range, uh, more affluent, I'd say, um, and have a, a wider range. But I also feel that these guys, I've worked with these guys for a couple of years now, um, and they they have a bit more of an offer and one of their offers that they have is actually like a pick and mix uh, so a scoop and way setup which has just had phenomenal kind of press over the last few months and yeah julian absolute massive shout out thank you very much for giving doggylicious the opportunity and again didn't even know julian uh, a few months ago it was just an email uh, back and forth he liked the product and he's going to give it a go. So absolute shout out to him. Thank you very much, as well as everyone who's just supporting this journey and really enjoying where the activity is going. And yeah, it's uh, when you're packing, labeling, boxing and organizing couriers. And the other week I spent about 22 hours in the shed. It just makes it worthwhile when when you're sending off a box because you know that's going somewhere and you know that that product's going to look nice and pretty on a shelf. So really enjoying that journey. So yeah, if you guys have seen it anywhere, please shout out. Let me know uh, what you think. And to be honest, if anyone knows anyone from Pet Circle, I'll throw in a dog of cookies, a dog of cookies, a, a box of cookies. Um, for anyone who has the right contact for me to, I just really, I, I, I really want to get on pet circle. It's a, it's a 
an account that I want to nail. These guys are like the Illuminati. There's like some secret society. They're huge, but I can't find the right person that I need to be speaking to. And there's enough brands on there. So I don't know if it's one of them where you get invited. I don't know if I've not been uh, been the chosen one yet. So fingers crossed. If anyone knows anyone, yep, I can either happy to give some time or some cookies. Uh, I would probably prefer the cookies because my time uh, might be wasted. So um, yeah, give, give me a shout out for that. And also everyone who's listening, if you're a brand, I know there's a, a load of small brands listening, startup brands, as well as medium sized brands and a few large ones, I might say. So shout out to you guys as well for uh, listening and uh, building up at the moment. Retail Ready is sitting around about 2,000 listeners an episode. So thank you to you, you there who is listening. Thank you very much. Um, but I've been in a conversation with Diana Alex, who is the founder of Eat to Live. And we've started a discussion to try and find a cost-effective way to send Aussie brands into Amazon America. And she's looked into it. She's done more work than I have. All I've done is go, yes, I want to be part of that. And let's see if we can get some other brands involved. And the thing that we need to consider is the freight cost to America. But if we bring enough products together, it makes basically the cost a bit less instead of just sending one product. And so if you're a brand owner, distributor, wholesaler, and you want to help reduce the logistic costs and get into a market that I guess in 99% of us are not in, let's try and crack uh, Amazon America and let's get some Aussie brands over there and get some stock on shelves and seeing how it goes. So please, yeah, reach out, get in contact with myself and uh, I will get uh, Diana involved and we'll just go from there. So that's the update uh, for me, 10 minutes in. Uh, hopefully you're still there and hopefully you're in, still enjoying the journey. But what I wanted to do was discuss about what I've been feeling over the last few months uh, from a creative point, how my strengths, weaknesses have been really pushed um, recently and how I've, how I've looked into that uh, internally um, a bit more. And I think this year is the year of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So let me just go into that because this year has been like no other. Everyone has been affected in some format and the true cost of this pandemic on people's mental health and even physical health, like I don't think will ever be truly known. And just talking about myself, because this is my podcast and this is my voice, like I have felt drained, I've felt emotional, I felt confused. And every week changes. Sometimes I'm all on board with Daniel Andrews because we're in week three or four now of the lockdown. And you kind of go, is this the right thing? But then um, at the end of the day, one thing I've realized in this short career of mine and short life of mine uh, is there are experts in the field that know a lot more than I do. So I'll let them control it. Um, and I won't be looking at YouTube for some cleverly edited video on conspiracies. You know what? I think the experts who have got degrees, who have done some research, will know a lot more than what I do. So um, all I can do is make sure I can keep myself um, emotionally uh, fit and... I'm not even going to get started on working from home. I think that's the whole episode 
uh, in itself because I don't think working from home is actually healthy for the majority of people. I know some people will be like, oh, I've been working from home for 10 years. For the majority of people, I think for productivity and mental health, and I just think humans are interactive, emotional characters. We need to be around people. So I don't think this, we need to be working from home for five days a week. It's like, no, no, let's just stop that straight away. And we can do a whole episode on that, but I'd be lo- I'd love to hear people people's thoughts on that. Um, but one thing I've noticed, apart from uh, being an emotional uh, roller coaster, um, as well as my creativity and actual innovation output has been, I believe, severely turned down. Like for me, I'm creative. I'm always thinking, always trying to put something together from a product concept, moving trends around, speaking to people, putting A, B, and C together and trying to create D. And what I've noticed this year alone is my creativity energy has been zapped. It's there was a there was a clear kind of movement in where things were moving and covid has come and just disrupted that which has meant i've had to adapt as well i've had to look at different triggers and different uh, opportunities which has been fine but it's it's had to slow things down and if anyone's worked in product development before things take 12 24 36 months to move so if you're working on something and have to change you're back to square one and for me not being able to go to the supermarkets freely. So a sense of freedom has been taken away from me, to be honest, because walking through a supermarket was like personal therapy. And that's where some ideas came. I saw what brands were doing, even though I knew kind of what was going on the shelf. You you get to touch, feel, have a look, get some inspiration, work from one category to another and see where trends are moving. But also it's it's the visiting new places, going to farmers markets, visiting expos, driving distances to new areas. And one of the biggest things that I think has killed creativity is actually being with people. I think you can pick up a lot of um, cues to see where trends are moving. I definitely do. I, I see it when speaking and watching people and uh, one of the early podcasts, I talked about how I spot trends. And one of the, the, the factors involved was watching people on the train. And it sounds weird. And I mentioned it before, like, don't judge me. Um, but I used to watch people, what they were eating, how they were eating it. Was it snack format? Was it liquid format? Was it in Tupperware? And all these different things helped me create. Whereas that has been all taken away. And for a part of it, I've been in isolation myself away from, creativity so really really interested to hear everyone's thoughts on that and working out have you felt the same have has have you guys done anything to counteract kind of your project plan or your um pipeline of activity so really interested there was there was a post that i saw on linkedin the other week by the guys at seedlip who are just smashing it in the non-alcoholic category uh awesome people awesome team one day we will be doing a podcast uh when things have probably calmed down a bit uh with ben the founder he has promised he would do one and he he took the he took the whole team away for three days to go into nature uh basically a digital detox 
I really love that word uh, and I really love what that tries to do. He's taking people away from the norm, taking them away from kind of the connection of the the world just to kind of switch off and the amount of ideas those guys will be getting and probably whether it's alone or whether it's in in a team based, um, I'm sure it was probably three days of just pure creativity. And that's definitely something I'll be doing once this lockdown finishes, just getting away for a few days, switching off. And for me, digital detoxing, I think will actually be a common thing in the future. I think there'll be a lot of people who want to get away from their phones. Um, Awesome insight and research that I was reading into the other day where it's the the addiction of phones and the dopamine hits, so like happy hormones, like when you get a, an Instagram like or an email or uh, a ping, like these are all hits of cheeky little dopamine. And I think there'll become a point where people need to step away from that. It'll be a little detox. And I just think there'll be digital detox retreats and kind of give someone your phone. And uh, I think it'll be tough for some people. So yeah, getting, getting contact if, um, if you guys have been feeling the same and also if you think digital detox will be a thing and what I wanted to touch on is even though my creativity has dropped, what I've noticed and I've become more personal, personally aware of myself this year is, okay, well, your creativity has dropped. Where are, you, where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? What can we work around on this? And I think even since launching Dogulicious, it has made me really understand kind of where I can fit into an organization, what skills do I bring, kind of strengths, weaknesses. And it's been really interesting just kind of using this time to 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 hone in on those kind of skills. And like I said, launching a business is just a huge personal assessment of yourself because if you're not good at anything, you're, you're going to go nowhere. But what you can do is utilize those skills and like a lot like Rob Moore, the entrepreneur in the UK, who's just he's incredible when you hear him. He, he has the podcast Disruptive Entrepreneur. If you can't do something, outsource it. Get someone better to do you, better to do it than you and learn from them. Or if they're just better than you, just let them run away with it. So it's been really interesting to see where I can bring value and um, where I can't. So what I wanted to do was look at myself and for people who who are new to this podcast like before the food world i was actually in the fitness world i'm a qualified nutritionist um and i i became a nutritionist because i was spending hours in the gym i used to run a gym for manchester university and i realized how important nutrition is and that got me onto the path into food always been a a huge lover of visiting supermarkets so that's nothing new um but the fitness world um it it, I, i see it as very similar to everything in life there's always kind of synergies and what i've realized is so take for example the 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 most trained muscle in the body when you when you look at when you go into a, a mainstream gym the the biggest day is always chest and arms days like easy muscles to train biggest reward in aesthetics and 
you you just get a buzz from it. You you'll get Pete, you'll get your mates turning up, you'll get everyone jumping on chest and leg day, international chest day they call it, and uh, that's normally on a Monday because everyone always wants to start the week off um, feeling good, and it's the easiest day to smash it. Whereas leg days, which I'd classify as weaknesses, are the days where it'll be a ghost town. No one will ever join you for a leg day. It requires the biggest mental and physical effort. And to be honest, if you're in the UK, and I spent most of my years in the UK, 90% of your time, your legs are covered. So you don't need to uh, basically get them out. You're probably thinking, where am I going here with this? But if you trained legs, you're setting the foundations for a bulletproof physique. And this is how I see it. And this is how I've stepped forward into business and kind of my career. Like you've got to work on your weaknesses and you've got to kind of put the hard yards in. And that is literally think of it as squatting legs. And like I said, I've taken this philosophy and I see it as business. So for example, when setting up Doggylicious, I could have spent 90% of my time on social media, doing all these lovely posts and trying to bring in a few clients, making it look like, oh my God, this, this brand is amazing. Like a lot of brands out there do. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of going, shit, you know, I'm I'm spending a, I'm spending five days working on my chest and arms. uh, And you're doing these social media posts. You're, you're making phone calls, discussing the business not selling the business, you're just discussing how things are going and branding work, which will be pretty kind of Canva posts and kind of ordering stuff off Vista print um, that will look good, but is not driving the business forward. Whereas what I've seen is packing, labeling, cold calling, emails, completing new line forms, costing sheets jesus christ like i'll go into that in a bit more detail invoicing keeping track of everything is the stuff that you don't want to do such as your legs but you'll go nowhere if you don't do it so for me really honing in this year on the business was you've got to do the leg days you've got to put in as many leg days as you can and it was tough. Like there were some some days where you just go, oh, all I want to do is just do pretty Instagram posts, but you've got to go and label 400 boxes. So in, in a cold shed as well, you've probably seen some of the photos like, Jesus Christ, I don't know when it'll heat up a little bit, but it's, it's freezing. So for me, I've been doing 100 rep workouts on a pogo stick uh, at the end of the day. And I've touched on it before and I gave a little laugh with the costing sheets and for me, costing sheets and deal sheets, and I was, I'm going to say scared me. I'm not going to say they still scare me because there's two reasons why costing sheets and deal, uh, deal sheets scared me. One, because I've never been around them too much, to be honest, when it's your own business, you you can rely on other people to pick up your mistakes. And at the end of the day, my business is my business. And if I'm not making a profit, uh, I'm not going to go anywhere very soon. So wait, I needed to make sure my costing sheets and costings are not my strength. So going back to the strength and weaknesses, they're not my strength. It's And it's because of two reasons. Um, One, I've mentioned this before, is um, 
my dyslexia. And the, the other reason is I was running someone else's race. I was using costing sheets that people have given me in the past and kind of methods in the past. And I was going, I'm so confused. At the end of the day, you just put all, it's literally all your expenses. And I've had a few great mentors along the way, basically going, no, make sure this, this, and this is covered. And um, working for the business that I'm working for now, Scales of Foods, is know your costings. So as long as you know everything, and I put it in a format that I needed to understand. And that is this, the scaredness has uh, subsided and basically I've got rid of the pogo stick and I'm just, I'm just squatting with a barbell now. But the main reason that costings are not my strength is dyslexia. And it's, it's crazy because for the average person, I don't, and this is where I'd, I'd love, I'd love to see how other brains work, but you can't. And for me, when numbers are said to me, I hear them and nothing gets processed. It's the same on an Excel spreadsheet. I look at numbers and go, uh, I don't know what I'm, I don't, I don't see the patterns. I, don't, I just don't see where, where things go until I can sit there and play with them myself and just go, okay, that that's there. Okay. I understand where, where that column is. Okay. And it just, for me, it takes a lot longer than the average person, which is annoying, but at the end of the day, and I'll go into kind of, I've got strengths in other areas. So it, I'm very intrigued. I'd, I'd love to see kind of how how the average, and no one's average, but how the average person uh, pulls information together. For me, it's just, it's just a nightmare. It's the same. Uh, and I'll go into dyslexia now. And one of the, one of the annoying things that I find with dyslexia is not being able to speak what you want. And there's this, uh, and you'll notice in this, um, in these podcasts, like it's pretty, pretty simple to work out. I'm dyslexic. I get words muddled up. I, I say the wrong word in the wrong meaning and stuff like that. And for me, I just brush it off to go, you know what, fuck it. Um, at the end of the day, I can't change it because what happens in my brain, and this is a insight into dyslexia when I have all these words, all these clever words just sitting there, just going, oh, there's a good one that I could use. And then you come to process it and then you just get so confused and you just go, fuck, I need, I need a substitute. So you go for the easy option and it just feels that there's this constant battle and it just feels that your brain is just working constantly on overdrive. And for me in a presentation, I love presenting because it was a weakness. And I said, no, I'm not going to let, there's a lot of dyslexics that don't like presenting. And for me, it's practice. If you practice what you're presenting and you do it in a way that works for you, it can actually be really interesting because I think dyslexics bring a lot of emotion. They bring a lot of character um, to presentations. But when I'm on the spot, Oh my God, like I, I leave 80%, 90% of conversations when someone's asked for certain information or an update and I just go, fuck, you should have said that better, but you just can't help it. And it's really interesting. And for me, I'll never say dyslexia is a weakness. Um, I, I think a lot of employers and individuals still see it as a weakness, but it's 
it has a lot of strengths. It has a lot of um, areas where dyslexia has actually stopped me from a few opportunities, which uh, I can happily go into, but it set me up for other opportunities as well because of the different kind of attributes that it brings. Uh, a funny story is actually a couple of years ago, I had an interview, or more than a few years ago, three now, and uh, an interview with Kathland. Um, well, they didn't last long, did they? And uh, I probably dodged a bullet there, but the dyslexia got in my way big time. I... I was being asked drilled kind of uh, questions. And it was like, what is the price of orange juice if the exchange rate is 0.662 and the the currency fluctuates between 0.662 and 0.664 and you need to average and you need to gross it out over 12 months time. If I have someone, I think the average person, if they had the average person saying all this shit at them for five minutes and you need to work out what the average price of a one liter orange juice uh, cost, I think they'd get confused. But as a dyslexic, literally three seconds into his question, which was question number one, I was like, yep, this is not for me. So wait till I get to question five. And I was just looking like an absolute goose. Um, so for me, you kind of go, you know what, this situation is not right. Um, if this is how it is, not even on day one, then this is not for me. So yeah, dodged a bullet there because those guys are no longer. I just feel sorry for everyone who who lost a job there. I think that was an absolute disgrace. They should have done their homework beforehand um, because a lot of people, again, that mental health would have been in so much stress at the start of this year. So I just hope that they got a good payout and everyone is able to get a job somewhere else. Um, so yeah, lots of words mixed up, not using clever words. And I don't even read a lot. The, with dyslexics, um, we can't really read much because the letters bounce around. And I got found out when I was 23. Uh, however, I, th I think my mum knew at an early age she was a teacher, um, but she just used to push, push and push to make sure that uh, I just wasn't being lazy. I think a lot of people can turn lazy if they find a way of, oh, yeah, this is hard, leave it. And my first realisation uh, it was actually in a school test and sorry to bang on about dyslexia but I think people need to become aware of it especially with dealing with people in work because I think you need to start seeing other people's way of thinking and for me I think this year as I said be comfortable with the uncomfortable and we need to change like how good is zoom now how like you don't need to get on a plane to go and see a category manager or, or start new business it's it's literally you click one button and you can be connected with someone across the road uh, across the road across the country or across the world again there's dyslexia across the road um but my first realization was actually i think i was about nine or ten and i was in a, in a school exam hear this like literally imagine being a nine and ten year old and you had to do exams. I don't know. I don't know where these exams went and what their purpose was. But it was an end of year exam, and you sit in there with your pencil. Like I don't even think I'd been upgraded to a pen at that stage. And I sit in there. The book, the exam booklet, had not even been opened. And they basically say, "Start your exam." And I'm staring at this exam booklet, and it's asking for your first name, 
Perfect. Wrote this enough times. Here we go. Ben. Middle name. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I know my middle name. It's John. Pretty simple. Uh, pretty simple name. J-O-H-N. Imagine not being able to spell your middle name. You literally, and I wouldn't even say, I'm not even going to say it's exam nerves because I remember going, how do I spell my name again? Is it J? J? And you kind of go, I know it's a J. I know it starts with J. And then you don't know what comes after. You literally, all the alphabet is just literally in your head, just jumping around, doing bloody a Zumba dance. And you're like, oh, and you start just kind of going, okay, J, 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 H. And you're like, oh, that doesn't look right. But you carry on and you're like, J, H, O. And you're like, oh, no. Imagine seeing all your other classmates on page two and three of this exam and you're struggling with your middle name. So you knew that exam was not going to get off to a good start. And I think it took me like six or seven goes to actually write my middle name. But imagine being that exam marker who looks at the front cover and goes, oh, Jesus Christ, this <laughs> this is not going to be a, a high-marking uh, achiever here. So for me, it's, it's picking up these but learning. And I think if you meet me, you're, you'll see that, that there is a bit of difference. I love to chat. This is probably why I did a podcast. But I've always kind of believed two ears, one mouth, use them in that ratio. And I get more from a conversation. And this is why I did the podcast. For me, talking to people is the best kind of research and information uh, generator that I can get because of dyslexia. I can remember a lot of stuff. If you have a conversation with me, I could go away and write probably down that conversation uh, without any issues in which format and kind of um, way it went. Give me a book to read. Jesus Christ, I'll be there all day. And I just kind of think for for me with dyslexia and everyone else, diversity in the workplace is just so much more important than ever. And some of the best teams I've worked with have been from all different backgrounds, cultures, countries. And I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how kind of people develop in the future, especially with the way that we can connect now. Uh, I don't think that's a barrier. And I think so many more people can come on board and, and join it. So yeah, to, today I just wanted to talk about a year of being comfortable with the uncomfortable and how you have to pivot, use your strengths, use your weaknesses, always think about, okay, am I just doing chest and arms day every day? Do I need to do legs day? What What is that one task that I'm putting off? Because again, it's think of it as that barbell that you need to squat. Just get it done. Do it and start doing it more and more. And before you know it, 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 it doesn't become easier. Fitness, again, never becomes easier. You're always going, okay, well, I did seven reps last week. I need to do eight this week or I'll add an extra one kilo you you always get better and better but for me I just use that analogy and kind of philosophy um all the time so that I keep getting better and better and you just got to do the work and hopefully that pays off with Doggylicious and my career because I I continue to enjoy what I do and I hope these podcasts give you guys uh, a bit of insight into my life. I'm very open, a very open book. If I could read books, um, I'd be uh, an open one. Um, 
And I just want to kind of engage the so I get so many messages messages on LinkedIn and Instagram, which is fantastic. So I keep sending them in because for me, it's building a community. Like I went at the, I said at the start, like if we can get a community of brands to go over to Amazon Australia, uh, Amazon America from Australia, how good would that be? Like literally start plugging away and. I said it, I think, on episode one. Like for me, it's helping brands, helping businesses, and getting Australia to be where trends start or where kind of the great innovation comes from. So hopefully you're enjoying these episodes. Like I say, there's plenty more guests lined up. Um got a real awesome one lined up with Mintel, uh, which will be coming, I think, next week. So yeah, thank you very much for listening and can't wait to do some more episodes with you. So speak soon. (laughs) 